Part 2, Chapter 13 of Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Home Education Series, Volume 1, by Charlotte Mason. Part 2, Chapter 13, Red Indian Life. Read by Deborah Wade. Scouting. Baden-Powell's little book about scouting set us upon a new track. Hundreds of families make joyous expeditions, far more educative than they dream, wherein scouting is the order of the day. For example, one party of four or more lies in ambush, the best ambush to be had, which is pitched upon after much consideration. The enemy scouts, First he finds the ambush, and then his skill is shown in getting within touch of the alert foe without being discovered. But every family should possess scouting, in default of the chance of going on the warpath with a Red Indian. The evil of the ready-made life we lead is that we do not discern the signs of the times. An alert intelligence towards what goes on in the open-air world is a great possession, and, strongly as we sympathise with the effort made to put down birds nesting, we shall lose, if we are not careful, one of the few bits of what we may call Red Indian training still within our reach. Bird stalking. But bird stalking, to adapt a name, is a great deal more exciting and delightful than birds nesting, and we get our joy at no cost of pain to other living things. All the skill of a good scout comes into play. Think how exciting to creep noiselessly as shadows behind riverside bushes on your hands and knees without disturbing a twig or a pebble till you get within a yard of a pair of sandpipers and then lying low to watch their dainty little runs, pretty tricks of head and tail and to hear the music of their call. And here comes in the real joy of bird stalking. If in the winter months the children have become fairly familiar with the notes of our resident birds, they will be able in the early summer to stalk to some purpose. The notes and songs in June are bewildering, but the plan is to single out those you are quite sure of and then follow up the others. The key to a knowledge of birds is knowledge of their notes, and the only way to get this is to follow any note of which you are not sure. The joy of tracking a song or note to its source is the joy of a find, a possession for life. But bird stalking is not only to be done upon certain conditions. You must not only be most mousy quiet, but you must not even let a thought whisper, for if you let yourself think about anything else, the entirely delightful play of bird life passes you by unobserved. Nay, the very bird notes are unheard. Here are two bird walks communicated by a bird lover. We heard a note something like a chaffinch's, only slower, and we looked up in the boughs of the ash to try to track the bird, and by the sudden quiver of one twig here, another there, we found a steep rocky path which brought us almost level with the treetops and then we had a good view of the shy little willow wren busily seeking food. 
a note from the next tree like a bubbling of song drew us further on and then we found the wood wren and watched him as with upturned head and bubbling throat he uttered his trill a joyous burst of song came from a bush nearby and we crept on to find a black-cap warbler with upraised crest turning excitedly round and round in the ecstasy of song we waited and traced him to his next station by his light touch on the branches a hoarse screech from another tree announced a greenfinch and we had a long chase to get a glimpse of him but he came to an outstanding twig and then we heard his pretty song which i should never have guessed to be his had we not seen him at it a little squeaky note made us watch the tree trunks and sure enough there was a tree creeper running up and round and round an ash uttering his note all the time another day we got behind a wall from which we could examine a field that lay beside the lake there was the green plover with his jaunty crest running and pecking and as he pecked we caught sight of the rosy flash under his tail you let us alone their distress roused other birds and we saw a snipe rise from the water edge a marshy place with hasty zigzag flight it made a long round and settled not much further than where it rose the sandpipers rose two flying close to the water's edge whistling all the time by the side of a little gully we watched a wagtail and presently a turn in the sunshine showed us the yellow breast of the yellow wagtail a loud tsick near us drew our eyes to the wall and there stood a pied wagtail with full beak waiting to get rid of us before visiting his nest in the wall we crept away and sheltered behind a tree and after a few minutes waiting we saw him go into his hole an angry chatter nearby like a broom on venetian blinds directed our eyes to a little brown wren on the wall with cocked up tail but in a minute he disappeared like a mouse over the side this is from another bird lover now they the children are beginning to care more for the birds than the eggs and their first question instead of being what is the egg like is usually what is the bird like we have great searching through morris's british birds to identify birds we have seen and make quite sure of doubtful points but now for the birds stone chats abound on the heaths i pricked myself up to my knees standing in a gorse patch watching and listening to the first i saw but i was quite rewarded and saw at least four pairs at a time do you know the birds the cockbirds are such handsome little fellows black head and mask white collar rufous breast and dark grey or brown back they have a pretty little song rather longer than a chaffinch's besides the chit-chat cry when they are disturbed they do not make a long flight and will hover in the air like a flycatcher the sand martins have numbers of holes in the cliffs we tried to see how deep they burrowed to build their nests but though i put my arm up to the elbows in several deserted holes i could not reach the end i think my favourites are the reed warblers i know of at least four pairs 
and when i could induce the children to both stop talking for a few minutes we were able to watch them boldly hopping up and down the reeds and singing in full view of us this is the sort of thing bird stalkers come upon and what a loss to have those children who are not brought up to the gentle art wherein the eye is satisfied with seeing and there is no greed of collecting no play of the hunter's instinct to kill and yet a lifelong joy of possession end of part 2 chapter 13